Welcome in, friends, to the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. I am Chris Welsh, and joined today by the Athletic's own Brandon Funston, because we are presenting to you Week 1 Ranks. We've got the whole shebang going for you. Brandon's got some of his, I've got some of mine, and this week and into future weeks, we are going to be pitting them up against the all-in kid, Jake Seeley. That's right, because Jake is not here. Jake is our waiver wire Tuesday show, and then we've got Brandon here on Thursday, but we will be picking at his ranks, which you could have access to, and you could pick along as well if you have a subscription over at The Athletic. Go to theathletic.com, like a buck a month. You can get his pre-draft ranks if you're some psycho and you still have drafts going. Psycho, I say affectionately. Or you're just looking for your weekly stuff, the big, big, massive article that Jake puts out, which is at like Wednesday at midnight, so like Tuesday into Wednesday, it'll prep and it gets you updated for everything you need to know week by week. So you can get access to that and more over at theathletic.com. Brandon Funson, could you be more ready for football? It has been all theory and prep, and we can just throw it out the window and just start getting into the game. No more drafts, no more. You told me you'd have like three in-person drafts, which is insane, which is insane in the best way, but like no more of that. We just get to dial in finally. Yeah, I cannot be more ready. And part of it is because I am just so fatigued from the preseason. Like you said, I had three in-person drafts in the last week. I, You know, I love our writers, but I'm sick of them writing preseason content. <laughs> I feel like it's just like we've we've covered everything every which way at this point. It's time to start moving forward and, and talking about, uh, you know, real games. And so thank God it's here. I'm ready. Real games are here. Are you, are you excited? I'm like literally jacked up and I'm like a multi-sport guy, but there, there's so there's something even like more special about this time as well, because you've got baseball going on and you've got the NFL. I also personally, as much as I I've grown personally in my betting of baseball this year, I love betting football. Like it is with college football and NFL. I feel like it's kind of up pushed up my game of beyond just like, you know, doing some pick me type of things and doing my normal fantasy leagues that I get to like dial into props and some of our favorite bets. And those are things that, you know, Brandon and I might kind of intertwine as the season goes on into these rank episodes. If there's, you know, something that kind of stands out, we might throw that out, but I am very excited about that and I'm ready to get into it. So we're going to be going through our week one ranks, quarterback, wide receiver, running back. We're going to have some outliers. We're going to pit them up against Jake, get you guys prepped. But there is some news to talk about around the NFL, and we got this, I think it was late Tuesday or early Wednesday, Cooper Cup is officially inactive for week one. Furthermore, Sean McVay would not acknowledge that they wouldn't put him on the pup, wouldn't get him out for four weeks. That is not good. That is not good, or the IR, however it was going to be. Looks like we might even be trending into a multi-week thing with a lot of people speculating going as far as the week three to week four, you know, come back in week four. So this is devastating to people that drafted him like me in flex where I drafted him. Uh, I had another league, big industry type of league where we uh, I auction uh, got him and the Cooper Cup stuff is devastating, but there will be some fantasy repercussions on it. So how are you going to adjust. Is this a Van Jefferson play? I know Jake on the waiver wire show said it is. I think Tyler Higby is going to be a massive beneficiary. Could Puka be the guy that jumps up in a top waiver wire guy? Is there replace? Obviously no one will replace Cooper cup, but what fantasy assets are you looking for from the Rams uh, with Cooper cup out? 
Uh, yeah, I'm with you on Tyler Higby. I just think, you know, especially this week against the Seahawks, who have been just pretty horrible against tight ends since they in the Pete Carroll era. I mean, that's always been the place you can you can beat Seattle. But, you know, that's also a place where Cooper Cup, you know, the middle of the field is where he's kind of dominated Seattle as well. So I expect that Tyler Higby, in my mind, is going to be the leading the leading guy in this in this passing offense. But yeah, I, I would I feel pretty certain that we're looking at three or four DMPs for Cooper Cup going forward. Van Jefferson, I, I get kind of a I think he's fine, but he's also three years in the league and has been talked about a lot through through those three years. And we had a decent year, an 800-yard year, um, you know, a couple of years ago. But I'm looking at, I mean, he's sort of a, a, a bit of a one-trick pony. He's not a move-the-chains kind of receiver. Puka Nakua, former Washington Husky, transferred to Utah. I liked him a lot, and he is a guy that can actually – be a chain mover. I, I think he is a, a sleeper, and I don't know that I, I think any worse of him in fantasy than I do of Van Jefferson. I think Van Jefferson could be hit and miss, but I think Higby is going to be the guy that you're going to re- be able to rely on week in and week out until Cup is back. Yeah, the one thing I'm I'm looking for actually, I did I last night I had my final draft. It was like a, it's a 14 team league, and with my very last pick, I took Pukunakua because one thing I, I I start to think about is if they do want to end up putting Tyler Higby in the slot. If Seattle wants to balance that with putting the slot corner on Higby, I think that's going to be one of those positions where it's going to open up opportunity for Puka because you can see four wide receiver sets of having Puka Nakua and Higby in the slot. And if the defensive coverage is hyper-focused on Tyler Higby, that's where you're going to have these opportunities for other players. And that's where I do think you could have that surprise like, five, six, seven catch game from Pukunuku. And I don't know if it would be more than 50 yards, but he could end up being the beneficiary in the slot if Seattle gets hyper-focused on Tyler Higby in the slot. If if they go the linebacker route and they're moving uh, Higby around, we're probably just going to have a big day for him. That's where I think the adjustment is. So I agree with you on that. The 49ers are kind of quiet at least at this moment on what's going to go on with George Kittle they did have positive news I know you probably got to hate it my buddy Bogman hates it because the Niners and Steelers this week but Nick Bosa becomes the highest paid defensive player in the history of the NFL so he's back but George Kittle we don't know if he's back there was some optimism that he would return to practice on Friday so you got to pay attention to that I've asked this question in a couple different places, but you know we already were dealing with the Kittle situation on Thursday or the Kelsey situation on Thursday. If Kittle is out, do you have a primary tight end or two that you would like to go to in the waiver wire column that Jake did? He singled out uh, Jawan Johnson. I think there's some other good options. Luke Musgrave personally is one that has really jumped out to me. Maybe Jake Ferguson. Anybody else that you want to throw out if Kittle were to miss time this weekend and people have to adjust? Yeah, it's funny. I I also have Jawan Johnson as my number eight tight end this week. Uh, Tyler Higby, I have number six. I actually have him ahead of Dallas Goddard. Uh, I will say the, the one thing I will say is Miami was not good against the tight end last year. The And I'll bring this up because uh, I like Tua this week, but I also I just like that game. It's the only other game besides the Thursday night game that's in the 50s for an over-under, and I'm talking about the Chargers and the Dolphins. And so Gerald Everett, Gerald Everett's out there a lot. I, you know, I think he's a decent flyer play as well. Um, after that, you're starting to get into the weeds a little bit. As you said, Luke Musgrave, I like him in general. I'm a little leery about quarterback really getting his first big break and 
first game for a rookie tight end. So, like, I'm a, I would like it to be a little bit further down the road uh, for Luke Musgrave. But um, then the one other one uh, that I would throw out there, and we haven't talked about him at all, but it looks like he's off the injury report and probably going to start, is Logan Thomas in, um, in Washington. He's going against Arizona, which is the worst roster. They were terrible against tight ends last year. They have, they have, a, they have a horrible defense. Buda Baker is the only thing that you know stands out on that side. He's a good player, but Logan Thomas could be a week one kind of standout and then you know maybe – becomes a pumpkin and uh, you know, and we don't hear from him again for a little while, but I wouldn't, you know, as a dart throw, I don't hate it. This, I think this is an important question, even though it might be obvious to people. If Kittle does play, are you worried at all? Is there going to be any type of, I mean, usually Listen, when Kittle I, plays, I'm just going to stop you right there. Cause I feel like you're the one who should just take the soapbox and talk about George Kittle. You're a huge 49ers fan. Like I feel like Kittle is always questionable and it's, Played yeah. a lot of great games being questionable, and we've talked about Brock Purdy's playing, and he had seven touchdowns in four games with Brock Purdy. Like, if Kittle's out there, yeah, I'm absolutely rolling those dice, but feel free to, you know, weigh in since you're the 49er fan here. <laughs> well, what I, I, I'm, what's, what's funny is if people listen to me, I'm very critical of George Kittle, even though I think he's, like, one of the most fun players in the NFL and he's easy to like. I'm critical because he's just always hurt and he can disappear in offenses, but he can also just absolutely explode. He, the, the thing that halts me here is like, he is the guy that if he's out there and the offense the offensive design is built around him, he's going to explode. Like if he plays, he's good to go. It's just, we also don't know where the offensive design is going to go. I, we're going to talk about a wide receiver of the Niners that I think is going to go off this week. So I think if he's active and Leslie talk to you about, uh, limited, they use the word limited or snap count, then I might kind of halt off of him a little bit if there are good options because not all leagues are created equal and that doesn't mean they're great. Like I would want like a salt, like a Gerald Everett might be one where it's like, ah, oh, you know what? I don't need to balance this. I'll take a guy that's like a top 12 tight end, something like that, or Tyler Higby were sitting out there. Anything else, I'd probably just say, screw it and go with it. Yeah. Luke Musgrave, I'm going to go back to. One of the reasons I really like Luke Musgrave could like him even more is because of the injury situation going on with the Green Bay wide receivers. You've got both Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs missing some practice time, dealing with different issues. And if they were to both miss time, I think Luke Musgrave borderlines a startable tight end one, but also it would push up Jaden Reed to being a massive sleeper this week. But talk to me about that Green Bay situation worries if they play with these injuries and if they don't go is there any other beneficiary besides i just threw out you know the, the rookies and uh reed and musgrave yeah i mean i am a little bit worried those guys sound like legit game time decisions uh romeo dobbs does obvious as well um and I, I i rank christian watson like he's playing but he's like my 32nd wide receiver this week like i think you know if they play they're not 100 percent uh, I, I think you're now that you say that, I understand your Luke Musgrave spin a little bit more, and that does make a little sense. It's going to kind of be an all hands on deck situation and safety net for love. I mean, well, and tight ends I will say, like, net. I have Aaron Jones ranked very high this week as well. So I think you could see him getting a ton of carries along with AJ Dillon, but also being very, very involved in the passing game. So, but to your point about Musgrave, sure. Like that's a great dart throw. Like he is down there a ways, but man, there's a, there's big upside. Jake has still got him ranked Christian Watson. That is as if he's good to go. And there's no concerns because he's got him at wide receiver 
23 for everybody to know. So just kind of monitor that. Obviously, I think if there's worse news, then he will probably have to make the big massive adjustment, but it doesn't look like Jake has made any adjustments off of these injuries quite yet. Something for us to monitor into this weekend for sure. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Let's talk about some ranks. So again, these are going to be rank standouts for the week. Brandon's got some. I got a few more in week one here, and then we will be pitting them in different ways each week against Jake's ranks when we're talking about these guys. So let's just kick it right over to you, Brandon. Let's talk about your quarterback standouts this week. So these are guys that, whether it's positively or negatively, that you're moving up or down in your ranks that might be bigger than Jake or even bigger than the consensus uh, rankers that are out there. All right. Am I just rattling through them, or do you want me to go one at a time and we... Uh, go go one at a time. I think like one at a time, especially okay. like your top guy. All right, uh, Gino. I think Gino Smith. Um, I I think his ECR, um, his industry rank this week is eleven. I have, I believe, eight. So I have him, you know, well inside the top ten. Um, I mentioned the Rams, and well, I did. I mentioned the Cardinals being bad. I, I was just looking at Pro Football Focus's rankings of teams for this year, and those two teams are thirty-one and thirty-two in the rankings in terms of. Easily personnel, yeah. yeah, they're both they're both terrible. But the Rams, they, know, they, they are the teams, by the way. And I didn't it, but those are like the teams where you're going to look who's playing them every single week. Like absolutely. they are the defensive streamers. You play the de- whatever team is playing against them for defensive streaming, and you're also going to just inherently bump up even some of those lower players a little bit higher whenever they're out there. Like I think the Cardinals are the worst team we've seen in a really long time, but I just also don't know how much further down like the Rams are than that as well. Right, exactly. No Bobby Wagner this year, now back in Seattle. Jalen Ramsey is gone. And you talk about Gino, Jackson Smith and Jigba. We heard the news. He's going to play this week. Uh, just a loaded amount of weapons. Gino had his best game in fantasy last year against the Rams at home. Went for 367 and three touchdowns. I mean, a year ago was a long, long time ago in fantasy. But it's it's notable he did that with a better team than what we expect to see this week. So uh, a year under his belt as as a guy, he just seems to have a, a comfortability factor uh, elevated this year. I just like the setup. Um, I'm... You know, I honestly, I'll just compare it like Joe Burrow at Cleveland, hardly practicing. Like I would have a really hard time. And I think right now I have Gino ranked one spot ahead of Joe Burrow, although Joe Burrow is going to play. He just hasn't been out there. He has a calf injury. And you're talking about a Cleveland team that can't stop the run. It's a great week for them to just really lean into Joe Mixon. Ooh, so is that like, is he top eight for you? Gino's eight. Joe Burrow's nine. So right wow. now in my rankings, like I said, I don't have a team where I have Gino and Joe Burrow where I have to like actually pull that trigger, but I feel a little bit better about Gino this week than I do about Burrow. And that's a pretty big one versus Jake's ranks. Jake, as you mentioned, the ECR is 11. Jake has Gino at 14 mm-hmm. right now. And for reference, Burrow's also at nine. So you guys both have Burrow at nine, but Gino is much further. Well, how down, that so. happens is they get a, they jump out to a lead and then they sit on Ken Walker and they let, Sharp and they'll cut his teeth a little bit in the second half. And so I, I guess there is that potential spin. But um, 
yeah, I, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with the. It'll be slightly more competitive than than what many people might think. I think I'm in the middle of you two, by the way, because like I just like I'm about Gino this year. I think the efficiency works well. I wouldn't be surprised in this game where Gino is able to put up his QB one numbers in the first half. You know, you mm-hmm. might get your 15 of your whatever, 22, 24 completions like he loves to do. I think he I think every game last year he had like 20 completions except for three or four, three or four total games all year. And he can get his 200 yards, two touchdowns and whatever completions in the first half. And then the second half is built around a lot of rushing. So Gino can still be really efficient. Uh, who's number two on your uh, outstanding rank quarterbacks for the week? Uh, Tua. I have two, uh, two or three spots ahead of ECR as well. Um, like I mentioned earlier with Gerald Everett, this is the second highest uh, over under total on the board. It's expected to be a fireworks show. Uh, Chargers defense isn't very good. Miami's offense has just got speed everywhere. We saw Devin A. Chain is is good to go. So you got you got guys that can absolutely fly in Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill and and Devin A. Chain. Um, that backfield being a little bit thin, I would think they would end this Charger secondary being kind of where you can hurt them. I would expect Miami to kind of concentrate on on doing just that. So I have Tyreek Hill as my number one wide receiver this week. If I have him going for a huge game, I have to have Tua kind of coming along for the ride. I absolutely love this one. Jake has got him at eight. His consensus currently is nine for Tua. So I am I'm also six. about this. I'm six on Tua. Yeah, I, I think I'm also six. I think okay. I'm s- seven or six on Tua this week, obviously, for everything that you mentioned. And just want to throw out as well that Miami is a road dog. Um one of the better offenses. I think they're last I looked, they were uh, plus three on the road against Chargers, and that money line play looks pretty, pretty sweet. If I were to play, uh, first off, just any money line dog, it would be Miami this week. Uh, your final one, you've got one more on the uh, rank standouts as far as quarterback, and this will be an interesting one because you and I are inversed on this. Oh, you're you're going big on Anthony Richardson's debut, huh? Because uh, I'm down. I think he's ECR 16 or 17, and I'm uh, 21. So this is just, look at, not not great looking throwing the ball. Um, and this is his first game, you know, whole turnover, no Jonathan Taylor. So I I, I feel like there's, you know, you are you got Deion Jackson as, for a Jaguars defense, who I think is pretty talented and will probably be even better this year than they were last year. I mean, you're keying on Anthony Richardson running the ball, and and you got um, what's his name drawing the blank on uh, Tyson Tyson Campbell, you know, to going up against Michael Pittman. I I feel like what are you worried about too much other than just stopping Anthony Richardson, you know, running the ball and and letting him in his first game, and we know he's a raw passer, trying to beat you when you got your best, you know, likely to have Campbell on Pittman, and you got a bunch of unknowns in that passing game. So my logic on this, because I, I agree with you, because Jacksonville is Jacksonville is like my bet of the week. I love going up against what's going on in Indianapolis, but I would hearken it back to what we've seen in previous years with Justin Fields in that garbage time, garbage time play. I think I think Jacksonville could not make this a game middle of the second quarter, and this game could be gone. But that doesn't mean Anthony Richardson's going to go. So I'm looking at a garbage time play to get him back in because he will be using his legs. There are some half-decent weapons there. And as good as Jacksonville's defense is, it's not stout. So I don't I think if you're looking at a 27-0 first half or 27-3, I 
The Jags are trying to slow the ball down. Indianapolis will not be trying to slow the ball down in the second half. And you could have him using his legs. I remember two or three years ago, it was the 49ers and Bears, I think, on opening night. And, you know, Niners were just kind of stomping and it was looked embarrassing. And then Justin Fields in the second half absolutely made it not only made it a game and I believe almost covered almost screwed the cover but he put up a huge fantasy week as well and that's kind of how I'm viewing Anthony Richardson in this but Jake is with you he's got him at 18 so he's quite a bit down there Um, I'll throw out I've got Trevor Lawrence as one of my favorite rank standouts this week let's see Jake has Jake has got him at seven I thought he might have had him a little bit lower I for everything I just mentioned to you Calvin Ridley, Christian Kirk, offensive weapon, weapons, Travis Etienne. I love Trevor Lawrence this week. And then we have one mutual one that we're both on, and it's going to make all the sense in the world. Sam Howell up yeah. against Arizona. Arizona's defense is garbage. McLaurin looks like he's going to be back. Jahan Dotson's probably in for a big game. Cardinals stink. Sam Howell can also run the ball. I wouldn't hate anybody if they were like, oh, I got Richardson and Howell, which that's not a good situation. And they wanted to go Howell. Yeah, I would be fine with that because I think those two could have similar weeks. There's an argument that Sam Howell could be a sneaky QB one. Not that you would want to do it. It's just matchup based with his skill set. You know where I have uh, Howell ranked is 16 and I have Daniel Jones 15. And I, I could convince myself that I would rather play Sam Howell this week against the Cardinals than Daniel Jones against the Micah Parson-led Dallas Cowboys with a super unknown, super super amount of turnover in that in that receiving core, and like just we don't know what. So I think it's a coin flip, honestly, between Howell and Daniel Jones. I actually agree with you on that. Jake does not agree with us on that take. You know, he obviously was the Sam Howell guy. He loves him, but he has Howell at seventeen, but he's got. Uh, Danny Dollars at 10 overall. So he's got yeah. Daniel Jones over Dak, over Goff, over Geno, and Sam Howell's quite a bit down there. So he's not is he's going to be like, oh, I'm the Sam Howell guy, but you're not. <laughs> you don't get to be, Jake. Not this week. You're not that guy. Running back ranks. Let's go jump over to the RB ranks here. Your RB rank standouts for the week. Who's your top guy? I put Cam Akers at 14. We talked about who's going to step up uh, in that passing game. But here's the thing. I think the Rams will try like crazy to get Cam Akers going and establish some clock eating and just, uh, you know, possession football. And Cam Akers has been able to do it against Seattle the last couple of times. And Seattle's big problem on defense last year was run defense. They've made some moves to try to fix that. But, um, you know, Rome's not built in a day, and I don't know that they're going to come out of the gates being a great run-stopping team. So Cam Akers looked good down the stretch last. I could see him getting 20 to 25 carries in this game. So I moved him all the way up to 14 at my running back ranks. Ooh, that, Bogman's with you. Uh, Bogman and I did a show earlier this week, and Cam Akers was like, hey, we, we do a thing where it's like, who can be a guy that can jump up to be an RB1 that is not ranked or yeah. leveled there? Cam Akers was his pick for all of the right reasons. And I agree with you. I don't think there's... Outside of taking away Cooper Cup and the weapons they have there, I just don't think there's been any establishment of a tr- of like any, you know, Kyron Williams is going to come in and be this committee. It's like you're going to give the bulk to Cam Akers. That's what we got to assume. We drafted him that way, and it's a really good matchup. Jake has got Akers at 19. So yeah. you said 14? I'm 14, yeah. Yeah, I'm a little bit higher. Consensus rank is actually with Jake. So that is definitely uh, your number one on the rank standouts. All right, who do we got at number two? This is another positive. Yeah, it's another positive. It's Khalil Herbert. And, and you know, again, we're looking at a team that struggled to stop the run last year in Green Bay. And I'm looking at this backfield. And what a, 
what do coaches like to do in week one, especially against a, a divisional opponent, is go with what's safe and, and, and known, I think. I mean, you got Deontay Foreman new to the team. You got Rashawn Johnson new to the team. I know there's a talk of a committee, but we felt even with that committee talk that Khalil Herbert was going to be the leader of that committee. And I think in week one, because of his familiarity with this with this Bears offense, um, and because of of the big game that it is already playing in division, I think you're going to see Khalil Herbert have a bigger lead in this committee than he'll normally have the rest of the way. And and who knows? He's been great when he's been the guy, and it might just be that he establishes himself as an even bigger number one in this committee than than people are are talking and saying that he was going to be. I've made that bet that Khalil Herbert's going to be the guy, but there definitely were a lot of people that have been using quotes and preseason stuff that it's like, it is Roshan Johnson time. I don't, it's so rarely even Brees Hall last year, like he had six carries in week one. It's so rarely out of the gate, the guy, unless it's a guy that's being drafted like Bijan, where they're just telling you, they're just telling you he's the guy, but so many times they're just going to slow play those rookies into the games. You literally said where I was going to go with it. Is that like, I am a, uh, first off, I'm not a, like Roshan's going to completely take this role. I think Khalil uh, Herbert is too good. And I don't think he can be not part of this offense. I think the best case scenario is like you said, it maybe you get to like this 50, 50 committee, but he doesn't go away. But uh, talking about ranks this week, I'm pretty anti any of the rookie running backs outside of Bijan Robinson for exactly what you said. People are like, Oh, you know, move away from Ken Walker. I don't think so. I'm not projecting that you're going to see Charbonnet early on. Oh, Travis Etienne. I don't think you're going to see, I think you could see Tank Bigsby in positive situations that'll like the garbage that'll speak. Yeah. That will also, that'll speak to the people that are like, Etienne's not going to blah, blah, blah. Like they could bring Bigsby in, in a red zone situation and he could get a touchdown. But my point is, is for the people that think those guys are going to be it later on in the season, those are bets I'm not making on any rookie running back. And for the most part, kind of some rookie wide receivers, like rookies in week one are not my big bets. And I think you can get sneaky value from veterans. So I'm with you on this one. This definitely seems like let's get what we have out of Khalil Herbert. And that's also why little preemptive thing here. When you get, when you hear that evil voice in the back of your head, because you drafted Charbonnet, you drafted Ty Chandler, you drafted Devin A. Chain, and they don't get the workload that you expected week one, and you're like, cut, bust. It's not what you, you shouldn't have drafted any of those guys for that. Same thing with Jalen Warren. Jalen Warren's got a horrific matchup this week, and everybody is calling for Najee Harris's head, which we're going to talk about here in a second. <laughs> when they don't get the work in week one, making those, pro, those preactive cuts, I think is a huge mistake because there are a lot of backs, wide receivers, running backs, that you've made the bet on later in the year. And, you know, like Kendry Miller's a guy I bet on later in the year. If there was someone great on waivers, sure, maybe I cut him for that. But making moves because these players don't produce in week one, those guys specifically are kind of mistakes. And so much so, uh, your other big rank adjustment for or rank standout for uh, running backs this week is actually a down. And it is Najee Harris for kind of what I was alluding to. San Francisco 49ers defense, they don't give up a ton of big games on the, in the uh, running game. Well, let's just speak to that. How many 70-yard rushers did they allow last year? It's I want to say, was it one? It was none. And the only Oh, what, guy, it was none. I th- okay. It's none. It was Josh Jacobs had 69. He was a high-water mark, and he also led the NFL in rushing yards. So, And then how many 100 yards from scrimmage by a running back? 
there was one, and he now plays for the 49ers. So that's Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, this is this has been a really good defense. Najee Harris has issues, uh, you know, the reason why everybody's talking up Jalen Warren's because Najee Harris looked like a jag last year, just a guy, you know. And um, you look at his career; his September's are slow out of the gate. Even when he was, even when he was a number four running back in fantasy as a rookie, he was slow out of the gate. And so, um, so yeah, I'm I'm like RB twenty seven on him. Anybody who did good against the 49ers last year at running back had to score a touchdown. I just don't see them getting. Not it's going to have to be like a George Pickens down to the one kind of a play where Najee Harris gets his chance. I just don't. I'm not betting on him scoring a touchdown, and therefore I think the yardage is going to be meager. And I'm RB twenty seven. RB twenty. I'm going to speak to how different that this might be the biggest difference between you and Jake. The one thing to watch out for too is if you do get a lot of one and two yard carries from Najee Harris, and if Jalen does get one of those screen passes and breaks it deep, because Fred Warner's the, maybe the best cover corner, uh, cover linebacker in the NFL, but Pat Firemuth is a really good tight end. If they have him shadowing Firemuth a little bit, it might leave some opportunities open. If Jalen Warren breaks up a big one, the amount of people that are going to just be out after week one on Najee Harris, I think will be kind of silly. Not to say that Jalen Warren can't be um, valuable this year, but he might become a buy. Jake has Najee Harris at 15 on half PPR. So you guys are almost a dozen a spots off. <laughs> you're yeah, you're a full tier difference. I mean, yeah. you have him as an RB3, he has him as a high RB2. So this is one of your guys's big big differentials here. And I'm with you on this one. He and he's higher than consensus by the way. ECR is 17 on Najee Harris. So this is one where I am with you, but I do know that there's a little bit of that in Jake where it's like, well, hey, you drafted these guys. Let's not get too cute in week one, which I agree with for the most part. But, you know, I don't find a situation where you would bench a Najee Harris. It, it, that conversation is a little bit more about like, oh, I have Jared Goff and Jared Allen, you know, but Aaron's, Allen's got a bad matchup. Should I go? Go-? You know, that type of thing yeah. where it's like, no, you just you it's go interesting. With your guy, People but. are really kind of like I, I've noticed a lot of momentum building around Kenny Pickett. It's just like having turned a quarter late last year. I don't remember it as well as that. Like every time I watched Kenny Pickett, I thought he was, eh, he was, he was, he was okay. Um, but like I, Najee was a tough, tough guy to have on your roster last year until very, very late. I just hate the matchup in week one. And uh, I, I don't believe that this Pittsburgh offense is going to be such a massive upgrade over what they were last year. I will tell you, if you ask me who has the better possibility to beat their rank in week one, Kenny Pickett or Najee Harris, I'd go with Kenny Pickett. 49ers secondary is worse, and I think Pickens could have kind of a big week, but you know, that's another conversation. I'll just throw out a couple of my RB standouts. One of my favorites this week is Miles Sanders going up against Atlanta. I believe, and maybe I'm going to be a dummy, but I believe what they told us. They want Miles Sanders more involved in the passing game. This is not a great defense in Atlanta and Carolina's not a great team either, but what are they going to do? They're going to try to pound the ball and it'll start with Miles Sanders. I think you're going to have safety net stuff with a rookie quarterback going to Miles. I think Miles Sanders is is 25 touches in this game and it's not a bad matchup for him to go up against. So I think he's got RB1 potential in this one. What's and, his ECR? Because this is the only yeah. one of your three I've already looked, obviously. Uh, this is the only one of the three that I'm not completely on board with. I'm just worried about Bryce Young in his first game with, you know, Adam Thielen hurting, DJ Chark hurting, and Jonathan Mingo kind of being the other guy. And I like Jonathan Mingo, but I'm just wondering, like, 
you know, Atlanta's, it's kind of how I was saying with the Colts, like, who are you keying on here? It's like, okay. Yeah, well, and you could have defensive key on Miles Sanders, but more so of what you're saying, this is why Miles Sanders is even more important in this game. Chuba might have five or six catches. Miles Sanders might have five five or six catches plus 20 plus carries. He is 18 ECR. Jake has him at 17. Uh I ended up putting him, I think, at 13. I'm at 19. So I'm just basically ECR. Uh, yeah, you're the low. I, I'm having a hard time deciding on him. So I'm kind of just leaving him where he's at. Yeah, I understand that. Uh, Raheem Mostert, I think it's kind of an obvious one uh, up against the Chargers. I think I noted the Chargers last year gave up the fourth most. Ru- now, this is last year, but they gave up the fourth most rushing yards to running backs last year while also giving up the most yards per carry rushing in the NFL. And Raheem Mostert gets to go in. He is in a a committee situation, but he will be the primary guy in whatever that committee ends up looking like. Uh, Salvin Ahmed might have some run. We got to see where uh, a chain's a little bit banged up. I just think this is a great opportunity for Mostert. So I love Mostert and then just a deep one. And you can comment on him. Uh, Tyler Algier, just because these are just two bad teams. I think Atlanta's going to try to control the ball. It won't all be Bijan. And I think if you were looking for a deep, deep play, I would not be shocked if Algier got 10 plus carries and even got a Vultry touchdown, which which pisses everybody off. But that's like a really deep play. So I think I'm a little bit higher. Uh, did you have anything to add on Mostert or Algier? No, I mean, a 30, 30 carry average for a, a backfield is a lot. That's usually like up there. But if you think about that, I don't think they want to run Bijan, but this is a team that may average that, but I don't think they want to run Bijan 20 carries a game. So I, I think you could get 17 to 18 carries for Bijan and 12 to 13 for Algier. And then Bijan's also getting his four or five catches. And Bijan can be the guy that we think he's going to be. But no one's thinking about Algier in a 12 to 13 carry per game kind of sense. I absolutely agree. I think he's going to have standalone value, maybe even more standalone value than A.J. Dillon, who always gets drafted where T- Tyler Algier doesn't, you know? Yeah, it's it's sitting in that like, maybe flex or deeper league or dual flex league. If you've got you know plenty of injuries out there already that you might be able to slot him in. And I think you said it best. It's like he might be more valuable than anybody is really thinking. And that's why week week one might be one of the surprise because it, again, it's a good matchup between Atlanta Carolina is just not great teams in general. So there's opportunity for players that are given volume. That's why Miles Sanders, that's why the volume play of running. Well, and back to my point year. on, Khalil Herbert here's another rookie that we're talking about like this might be the game that Tyler Algier gets the most carries of the year you know like this is this is Bijan Robinson but it's also a it's a divisional game kind of like the Bears are like you might see them lean on Tyler Algier just a little bit more because he has the you know he already has the knowledge of this offense and has been there uh, and done that for a year instead of a year under his belt so I mean Bijan's going to play obviously a lot but this could be the game where Algier gets more run than he normally will get. I agree. And trying to look here, Jake has Algier at 41. Consensus is 39, so he's actually a little bit lower. Here's a fascinating one. Who would you rather have this week, Algier or Charbonnet? Uh, I would take I would take Algier just because I, I think we're going to need um, garbage time for Charbonnet. I don't think we're going to need garbage time for Algier. I think we're going to see Algier early. So... Um, so yeah, I, I have him close. I have Algier two spots ahead. I have him at 36 and, uh, I have Charbonneau at 38. Jake has got Charbonneau at 39 and Algier at 41. Consensus rank has Algier at 39 and Charbonneau at 38. 
So Jake is kind of on the consensus run. You and I both kind of team Tyler Algier. Going over to the wide receivers. Wide receiver standouts for the week. What do you have, Brandon? Who's number one? Oh, let me look really quick here. Uh, <laughs> a Cortland Sutton. Um, and this is just a kind of, he is the guy that's sort of the healthiest or the in, incumbent here of starting receiving core. And I know Marvin Mins is a guy I thought about, but... Again, we're talking about a rookie in his first game. I like the matchup against Las Vegas. Jerry Judy might play, but he hasn't been practicing. He's not 100% healthy. And frankly, when Cortland Sutton is healthy, he's a sideline guy, and that's really what Russell Wilson does best. I mean, he is a guy that you know can hit that, that bigger target going down the sideline. Don't love him. I've talked about this for years. I don't love him trying to hit crossing patterns across the middle and things like that guys that can you know are on the boundaries i like paired up with russell wilson for that reason because of just you know there being such a mash unit at the wide receiver position for denver i like Cortland sutton a lot this week yeah uh I, the a little bit of an inverse of this i actually really like marvin mims in this game as well just simply because again if you're looking historically last year the raiders were one of the worst against the pass and they had the least amount of interceptions in the entire league. So, you know, if you're going to carry some of that over, you've got Jerry Judy kind of dicey this week. And I think Sutton gets the targets, but also Marvin Mims is a really fun, deeper yeah, option. I don't disagree. So he's kind of one of my, yeah, he's one of those guys, you know, maybe you had Marvin Mims, you drafted as your fifth wide receiver. You go and lose um, Cooper cup. You might be able to slot him in at wide receiver three if you don't have any other really great options. So I'm with the Cortland Sutton one. Uh, you, we have a couple similar ones, but you, this is a really interesting one. You are down off of consensus on a very popular wide receiver. Yeah, it's DJ Moore, and I love DJ Moore as a talent. I just don't love Justin Fields, and he had a horrible preseason in terms of just showing some next step development in his passing. So I'm. I'm wide receiver 32 on DJ Moore, which still puts him in a startable range for a lot of people. Uh, but I think his ECR is uh, mid to upper 20s. and 22. Yeah. I mean, so you have Jair Alexander, uh, one of the best cover corners in the league. Again, like if I'm, if I'm going up against the Bears, that's where I'm putting Jair Alexander all day long. Um, so this is a fade Justin Fields as a passer. This is facing one of the better cover corners in the league. This is your first game with Chicago. I, I just, I just, I could see him being four catches for fifty yards. That's and that's it. Where did you say you had Cortland Sutton this week? Uh, let me look here really quick. Uh, I am twenty-four on Cortland Sutton. Ooh. So number twenty-four for Jake is DJ Moore. Okay. So can we have a little Cortland Sutton versus DJ Moore yeah. week one? Yeah, Jake I would take Brandon? that bet. I, I'm probably get a little bit better odds if Vegas is going to set the line, but um, I will take Cortland Sutton to outdo DJ Moore this week. And I have that in my fine. rankings. I'll, I'll, do, I'll do my best, Jake. Fine. Whatever. That's fine. That's my Jake. So Jake just agreed good, to it. Actually. So that'll be the bet. Yeah, yeah, yeah whatever. Uh, so 24 is DJ Moore. By the way, he had Cortland Sutton at 28. So he is a little bit higher than Sutton on consensus, because Sutton is 31, DJ Moore is 22. He's a little bit lower, but still 24. So that'll be a fun one. Cortland Sutton versus DJ Moore on that. And we um, can we can I'm hold little, off on my. I have a couple other guys, but we are in agreement and lockstep. So why don't you um, bring them up, and I'll just chime in. Yeah. So the well, I'll give you my my top guy because you're in agreement with the other ones. And I said this over on in this league. 
and it's, it's not even built out of home necessarily homerism, but one of the wide receivers I think can be a wide receiver one this week that I'm higher than consensus on is Debo Samuel. And I know there's so much negativity around Debo. It wasn't a good year. Lowest a dot, um, highest yak. They've got so many weapons that you can look at in general that puts in question what his role can be. But he did spend the entire offseason trying to retransform his body. He's texting pictures of himself to Shanahan every single day about the weight that he's losing, you know, getting them hyped up about this. That's kind of a beside the point thing. The 49ers in the past two years have used game ones to establish Debo Samuel. He so if you talk about what that offense is trying to do, their scripted plays early on, their early season scripted stuff has been built around Debo Samuel. Now, to be fair, Christian McCaffrey has not started any of those years, but Christian McCaffrey doesn't really necessarily take away from Debo. He actually can kind of boost him up a bit because they like to move Debo in. But my point is in 2022 week one, Debo Samuel had 15 touches slash targets. He was targeted seven times in the past game and he had eight carries in week one of 2021 targeted 12 times. You have an explosive, game-breaking wide receiver. Even if Brandon Ayuk is a better pure wide receiver, the rumors of maybe tiny bit less beat down on Christian McCaffrey, maybe they don't want to get him 28 touches in the first game. You also have Elijah Mitchell. I think Debo Samuel is going to get used often in this game, and you might have a lot of coverage that's going to be hyper-focused on deep stuff with Brandon Ayuk. Brock Purdy, not a big, big, long passer, that if you're going to have your short yardage stuff and you're missing Kittle, Debo Samuel is going to be the guy that you want to get the ball inside the 10 and let him do something more with. Plus, they're going to bring him back and use those sets where it's Debo and Christian McCaffrey in the backfield. I think he's a lock 10 plus touch guy this week. And Pittsburgh's defense is really good, but what he can do after the catch and how the, that offense spreads out that defense, I think Debo Samuel might be the guy that surprises that can boost up this week. Jake doesn't agree. Jake's got him at 19. His consensus is 18. I've got Debo right around wide receiver, just right outside. I think I put him at 14, but I think he's got the upside to be there. And I'm going to bet anytime touchdown on Debo Samuel this week because he is going to play both sides of the running game and the passing game. And I think they are going to establish that early because it's not just because when they get in the red zone doesn't mean this is Christian McCaffrey time. That's actually a Debo time because they can move him around, get him in short yardage. Debo anytime touchdown is something I'm playing in week one because I love to use him. I don't know. What do you think about Debo? Yeah, you t you took a lot of what I would use as points as well. I mean, you try to craft a narrative of how the game's going to play out and Brock Purdy coming back basically from the Tommy John and didn't have a big arm to begin with, but you have two of the best short area guys to play around with in the league and Debo and Christian McCaffrey. And I expect them, as you mentioned, Kittle being hurt, Purdy coming back, not having the big arm. Well, you can still make that work with Debo and Christian McCaffrey, and I expect them to do that. I'm wide receiver 17, so I'm a little bit ahead of ECR, uh, a little bit behind you. Uh, but he's one of my favorite players. I hate these on the 49ers as a Seahawks fan. Totally. But I absolutely <laughs> love the guy. I, I would, If I'm picking a team, I want Debo Samuel on my team for real football. He's a dynamic player, and I think yeah. this is an opportunity because a lot of people are betting against him in week one. The Historically, the 49ers have used him a lot. Uh, we have two big agreements here, 
And those two wide receivers are Jahan Dotson versus Arizona. I think that is pretty clear cut with what we've talked about. Even with McLaurin coming back, Jahan Dotson has been trending in the direction of maybe even taking over as a number one. He's a touchdown force even more than McLaurin. And I threw out Jonathan Mingo. Uh, I guess I'm really focused on this Carolina game, but with Thielen potentially banged up, against Atlanta secondary. Jonathan Mingo has an opportunity to be one of the top receivers in here, and he's been a sleeper I've drafted literally everywhere as Mingo. So I think Mingo is a deeper play I would be looking at, and Dotson I'm going to have quite a bit higher than consensus. The rank for Jake, I think Jake is actually with us, 21. His consensus is 26 on Dotson. So anything you want to add to Dotson and Mingo? Wait, so who's 21? Jake? Uh, Jake's 21. Uh, Jake is 21 on Dotson, where Dotson's consensus is 26. Yeah, and I'm 22, so Jake's even one spot ahead of me. But yeah, um, totally get that. And Terry McLaurin had a turf toe, and that's just a kind of a that's kind of a bugger of an injury. And it's, you know, he hasn't been playing, and it might take a little bit of time. It's, it's one of those things you can also, you know, you can, you can kind of exacerbate it a little bit. And so you just never know with that, but like, Dotson's kind of, you know, been a, a popular guy, but this is a, a really nice setup for week one against Arizona with Terry McLaurin kind of, you know, been, being out and not getting all the reps in preseason. So I expect him to be the guy. And Jonathan Mingo, I, I think I have him on four of my six, kind of like my top six fantasy teams. And the only reason I don't have him on six of six is because I just decided I can't have him on all of them. Like I, I need to diversify just in case he completely tanks. But I really, really You're like I gotta get Jalen Hyatt on those other yeah, ones. Yeah, exactly. Just it's stuff like that. Like I just really like Jonathan Mingo. I think he can be their leading receiver this year. And because of the you know Thielen and Shark are banged up, uh, could be the leading receiver in Week One. It's you know we talked about you know pumping the brakes on rookies, uh, rookie running backs and stuff like that. Rookie wide receivers. I was trying to make a narrative around. Um, Jackson Smith the Jigba because they asked me at the athletic to write up, you know, now that he's playing, what do you think? I'm like, well, you know, rookies in their first game and it's kind of a mixed bag, you know, Garrett, yeah. Garrett, well, like Jamar Chase was huge in his first game, but then Justin Jefferson didn't do anything. And I went through the last few years. It's a mixed bag. So I don't feel like you can say that as much about wide receivers as you do about running backs. I think running backs get slow played more often than the wide receivers. Yeah, and and one of the reasons I completely agree with that, and one of the reasons that Mingo was also a big target because it was like this team had open opportunity for someone to become a number one, and he was dirt cheap. Right, kind of the same exact same situation with Jalen Hyatt. Like these were talented wide receivers in situations where they could be number ones, and Mingo is like he might be my highest share. I have a lot of Addison this year too. Just because, you know, my big narrative has been like, once you got your top three wide receivers, why would you not bet on rookie wide receivers as like your four and your five for the upside? And guys like Addison and JSN in some instances were going as wide receiver four. So why would you not have shares of those guys? Mingo is someone I think you can play with injury issues. Again, if you're really desperate in deeper leagues and you lost cup, I would not be afraid to throw Mingo out there um, over. Yeah, I mean, Talking like Mingo versus like. KJ Osborne, like what, what side would you go on that this week? I would absolutely go Jonathan Mingo. So yeah. I, I think okay. like I would have a hard time with someone like Van Jefferson versus Mingo. We're talking like kind of back end RB f or wide receiver four here. Um, but I, you know, that's kind of where I'm thinking. I don't know where you have yeah. ranked, but that's kind of. No, no, I'm, I'm in agreement. I do have Van Jefferson hired this week, but I, I've kind of I'm trying to come to terms with like, I think Puka Nakua could be the guy that benefits. 
I just don't know what this offense looks like in general. But like Jonathan Mingo, I think that's another guy. I think Miles Sanders is going to do enough that's going to set up this offense where they will be able to pass a bit. And I'm hopeful that Mingo is going to be the guy that's going to see a lot of usage. And, you know, you get rookie quarterbacks in with rookie wide receivers, a connection built. I think there's something to build off of there with Mingo. We talked a lot about tight ends. I just wanted to throw it out to you. I didn't know if there was any uh, rank standout tight end. I didn't even put on this list. I don't know if we'll really do that in general, talking about tight ends in that standpoint. You know, looking at Jake's ranks, I really don't see any crazy standout outside of Juwan Johnson. He has it 13 on his list. Is there anybody else that jumps out to you? I've already kind of dictated. I think Musgrove might be my uh, deeper standout tight end for the week. And Higby is my main tight end that I've moved up to. God, I think I have him at seven right now, and that is without taking off. Um, uh, to be transparent, we're recording this before the Kelsey situation. If Kelsey is in or out, and then same thing with Kittle, so he could go as high as six for me. So Higby is my uh, standout tight end one, with Musgrave being the guy that can move up. Yeah, one guy I'll just mention since we already kind of talked about it. We mentioned Juwan Johnson. I threw out Logan Thomas. One guy that's actually I'm I have a standout. He's my tight end seventeen, but we just talked about the game and we just uh, it's Hayden Hurst who, um, you know, with the injuries at wide receiver, with the rookie quarterback, with the deficiencies that the Atlanta Falcons had last year in guarding the tight end. Uh, you know, Carolina hasn't really had a good tight end in a long time. I don't think. Hayden Hurst is terrible. He's a serviceable guy, and in the right matchup, you know, you got a George Kittle, and you're in a deep league. Like Hayden Hurst might be sitting out there. I would, I would take a flyer on him. Absolutely. Well, there you go. You guys can go over to theathletic.com, get a subscription for a dollar a month. If you don't have it, if you do, good on you. Open up the app. You can get Jake's ranks, and you can get prepped for week one. We talked to you through some of our rank standouts. We also got to give you a little bit of preview of what his ranks look like. But get in there, you can see the projections. I think he did. Uh, he took my bit, by the way, and gave me no credit. Do you remember how I jokingly was like, oh, what are you going to do? Like top 10 uh, worst Transformers. And he literally <laughs> ranked the Transformers this week. No, I said worse. And he said best. I looked at that article. Zero mentions of it being my idea. I just want to point out that I threw Transformers. In. So I'm very disappointed. But if you care about Transformers, uh, Brandon got to edit all of that awesomeness. And there's a rank of the top 10 best Transformers, as well as like, you know, every rank you could possibly need. So I bet you loved that, Brandon. I was going to I was gonna chime in that if he messed up somewhere in the Transformers rankings, I did not fix it because that is so great to me. I was like, how many people, I mean, I, I guess there's a lot of them, uh, you know, like that they, they are just into the top 10 rankings of Transformers. I'm not one of those guys. So I was like. I'm not. So I, so there was a comment I saw at the bottom. <laughs> Someone was like, they seemed very serious about it. They were like, did you, are you like, do you really know these guys or did you have to look it up? Because there's this just, is impressive. There's and I, just no you way that could, guy was very I passionate. saw that. There's just no way you look up and have that kind of like knowledge that quickly on the Transformers. Like that was, I, that's just deep. That's just Jake, just deeply embedded in the Transformers. Optimus world. Prime, Megatron. And then I only know Bumblebee, Bumblebee because he's been in all the movies. And my son and I actually happen to be watching through that series right now. That's it. I don't know any of the other thing. And to your point, they could all be spelled wrong. And it's like, I don't know. So <laughs> hopefully you guys like that, but you can check out that. You can check out the, the waivers, the ranks, everything over at The Athletic. That's going to do it for us. You can find us on Twitter at Brandon Funson at Is It The Welsh. Make sure you're subscribed. And guess what? We will be back after week one talking about waivers and ranks for the next week right here on The Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. Bye, friends. Bye.